We're going to continue. We're going to get our disciples. We're going to get this idea of being a disciple and making disciples. This idea of following Jesus and having others follow Jesus. And that really is our ultimate call. That's what we're called to do, to follow Jesus and be like him. And so hopefully we'll meet and we're going to do that and we'll help to do that. Um, so um, this is a very practical one in that sense. Um, and we're going to land it at the end, really look at what it means to encourage one. That's where we're going to go. Um, but we're going to start in uh, Hebrews 10. And verse uh, 16, I think it is. No, 19. Verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promises faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So we we're going to focus on the last few verses on that, um, but we can't do that without looking at the context, and we can't do that without looking at the broader context of Hebrews, we're not going to look that far. The context of Hebrews is this, Jesus is greater than Abel. Jesus is the best. And in this particular context here, we've got some really key words which help us understand the passage. These words are, therefore, since, and let us. Okay? So, so what the writer to Hebrews is saying, He's saying, therefore, since this has happened, let us do this. We've got one therefore, we don't just dwell on, we've got two senses and three lettuces. That's not the vegetable. Three let us is. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. Let's look at the senses. We're going to look at the senses very quickly. But look at them quickly, but they are enormous, ridiculous. Amazing, fantastic truths, okay? Since, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us the curtain, that is his body. That's the first sense. Big one, isn't it? And the second sense, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God. So since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, Jesus' great work has huge implications for everyone. Jesus has made a new way. You see, in the old, in the old covenant, they had the temple, the place they would worship, and there were different places, different proximities to the holy place, the place where God met with his people. And there's one particular place called the most holy place. And the most holy place was where the pure presence of God dwelt. 
And God chose when he wanted to to interact with people outside that physical place where the people of Israel knew where God was. He was here in the most holy place. And the high priest, once a year, after lots of ceremonial cleansing and lots of sacrifices, was able to enter in to that most holy place. They enter in with a piece of rope tied him just in case he died, so that no one else had to go in to rescue him, and then risk dying as they go into the awesome presence of a mighty God without being suitably prepared, suitably cleansed, without suitable sacrifices being made. So a piece of rope there so they could drag him out so no one else would die. Since we Jesus who made a way into the presence of God. Jesus has dealt with all those things that you and I today, this morning, when we're having breakfast, when we're wandering around, when we're just nonchalantly walking and watching TV, whatever we're doing, we can enter the most holy place. The curse has been split, the body of Jesus, his blood has made a way. Since that has happened, that's the first thing. An amazing, ridiculous thing that's happened through the cross of Christ that enables us to come into the presence, the most holy place, anyway. Since that's happened, what's our second sense? Since we have a great priest over the house of God. The great priest, the high priest, is the one who intercedes, pray for, help the people of God, and enable them to interact with the holy God. We have Jesus. It says elsewhere that Jesus is interceding for us. Jesus is praying for us. Jesus is asking for the best things for us. Jesus is talking to the Father and saying, Look, my blood still stands. The sins are still valid. The way is still open. Let the people of God come and meet the Holy God. There are two senses. We spent probably three minutes talking about our senses. But we could spend probably three days talking about our senses. But I want us to focus on our lettuces. That's all. <laughs> but since these huge, amazing, life-changing, eternity-altering things have happened, the writer says, let us do this. There are things that we have to do. There's a responsibility for us. It's not just enjoying God. There's a lettuce and a lettuce and a lettuce. So let's look at what they are. Firstly, um, there are lots of words around these lettuces, but I'm going to simplify them for the sake of time. I think I'm doing that accurately, but I apologise to those who like detail. So the first letters is this. Let us draw near to God with sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. A lot in there. We're going to focus on this. Let us draw near to God. Let us draw near to God. That word there, draw near, it has, it's all about coming near to relate. It's not like leaning against the lamppost. It's all about deep and personal relationship. Draw near, come close to relate. And as I was preparing, I had this image. Sometimes our house is a little bit messy, sometimes our sofa is a little bit messy. If I want to chat or read some of our girls, I'll clear the space on the sofa and invite them to come and draw me and sit with me. 
There's a sense in his stinsus and his lettuce that God has cleared away on the sofa for us to come and draw near to him so that he can speak to us. He's got to You see, it's not just that he opens the way. He invites us and we need to take a step. There's an active step we need to take in our relationship. Let us draw near. And it's not just a physical act that we do. It's a spiritual and emotional act. We draw near to God when we open our hearts to him. We draw near to God and we share everything with him. We draw near to him and we say, We draw near to him and we say, God, I messed up again. I need the cross of Christ. We draw near to him and we say, I'm just despairing. We draw near to him and we say, my goodness, that was a great plan. We draw near to him when we enjoy the fullness of life with him. And there's a comprehensiveness and a broadness to our relationship that God wants to give us. And if you want to hear more on that, you can look online and go to my message on John 4 with the Samaritan woman. And Jesus meeting with her and knowing everything about her. Everything about her. All her sins, all her failings. And what did she do? She draws near to Jesus. Come and see the man who knew everything I did. She's not scared off by that, that concept because she's never with someone who loves her despite her sin, despite what she's done. And so there is freedom for us to draw near because of what Jesus has done and sit on the sofa and relate to God deeply. Just echoing that, what, what Dean brought, come to me. God really wants that and like that and down. What's our second lettuce? Let's let us hold and swerving to Gregory. Let us hold and swerving to the hope we profess, for he who, is, who, who promised is faithful. We're to draw near, but we're to hold on to hope. This is about what our focus is in our life. It's about what is our anchor. It's about what we understand to be our trajectory. It's what our life is about. It gives us hope. Back in July, we went to Bears Camp. Who's been to Bears Camp? Lots of people here to Bears Camp. Who has done nightline? Not as many. Who has done a nightline before? So, nightline is where you put on an eye mask so you can't see, then you put on blacked out goggles to make sure you can't see, but also to protect your eyes. You are led blindly into a forest and you are given a piece of rope and you are instructed thus never, ever let go of that piece of rope. Follow that rope. Through every obstacle. Sometimes it'll be easy. Sometimes it's just walking along, but sometimes there'll be obstacles. You won't know what they are. You won't understand what they are. But how do I get around it? How do we negotiate those, those situations in life, those things that I don't understand? Those difficulties, those challenges. How do I get around this random thing that I think is a time that might not be? Hold on to the work. 
As soon as you let go of the rope, you have no idea where you are. You have no idea what it's about. You have no idea where you're going. There's that sense here. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we have. Not to hope that Jesus is Lord, that he saved us, and he's calling us to eternity with him. That's what our focus should be. That's what our lives are about. Of course, there's so much there that God would have us do as well in terms of work and family and life and fun and rest and all those things. But we have to hold on to that rope. Hold on to that hope. How nice is it that hope is right? Isn't that crazy? That hope is right. Hold on to the hope rope. When it feels like we have no idea what's going on, we have no idea where we go. When life makes no sense, the only way you're going to make sense of it is keeping hold of that rope, of that hope that we have in Jesus. Let us draw near, let us hold on and swerve from to hope. And uh, for some of you thinking, this is my final point, I'm coming to you, you finish me early. Don't worry, this last point is nice and good. So, what's the last one? Let us consider how we may slow one another on towards health and good deeds. Let us not give up, let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as the day of hope approaches. That's quite a few letters in there. This version here has less, I think. I've got three, I think it's two there. But I'm going to lump it all together and we're just going to go for it, I think. Rather than logically go for it, I'm going to pick a few things out. And I'm going to challenge you, I'm going to encourage you, I'm going to challenge me, I'm going to encourage me, and together we're just going to see what this final letter as I put it here is for us. So, in the midst of that, at the heart of it, I think, is this that we are to encourage one another. Let us encourage one another. That has, that means really, you literally speak to produce a positive effect. It's about giving encouragement, or giving courage and giving comfort. There's the sense in that same word, the same thing, comfort and encouragement. Pushing someone or helping them to move on. And that's what God is asking us to do, to encourage one another, because we all need encouragement. Some of us are a little bit reluctant to encourage because we don't know how to do it. When it comes to watching uh, Elsie play football on a Saturday morning, Jules has no reticence in encouraging. She doesn't hold back. Go on, Elsie! Go on, pass! Shoot! Jules doesn't care. Go on, go on! Shoot! No, it's time to pass. She just wants to be encouraged. She just loves seeing Elsie up there. She's giving her encouragement. But just in case, you're one of those people that we think, well, how do I actually encourage? What do I actually say? Let me help you. First of all, take a big cup of Jules' book and just go away. Secondly, two things you can do. Point to Jesus and remind him. Ooh, that sounds good. What did we hear about that about five minutes ago? Really, really simple. 
But it, because it's not necessarily part of our natural language, that can feel awkward. We've got to get over that. We've got to embrace that dual spirit of encouragement. Just get over it. I just want to encourage you. Try to Jesus. Single day, and it would be amazing. 
They go to midday or they go to vote in the camp and they come out more energized than they left. Most people, that's me. Hello. Super extrovert. Others know that's a good thing to do, but we'll get drained by that and couldn't sustain that on ongoing basis. So we need to be careful that we don't think there are rules in place here. Does that make sense? Like, it's not you have to do this in order to be a disciple of Jesus. Now there's an encouragement to meet together here. We've got to receive that. But remember last time we spoke, and I spoke on faith. Faith is healing the word of God. So we hear this and we're inspired by faith and take a step of faith that might not necessarily feel natural. We need to feel good, but faith allows us to make those decisions, but it also allows freedom for different capacities, different commitments, and different personalities to engage with church life the way that God has made them. So if Rose wants to meet on a Sunday morning, Sunday evening, she wants to meet midweek, she wants to daily prayer meetings as well, God bless her and go for it. I will not be joining you. That will tie me out. I know. But the point is this. What's your habit? Is your habit giving up meeting together? Or is your habit pursuing meeting together? And I'm not going to put any definition on that at this stage. But it's inclination, it's faith, and it's habit. Notice that. We gently challenge you. What is your habit? What's your faith? Level for meeting together. Have you heard the word of God? Are you receiving it today? Should we always enjoy it when we meet together? Now, you know, I love meeting the church. Okay? I love this. I love small groups. I love hanging out. I love going to the bit of mates of the church. All these sort of things. Love it. But as I was worshipping, I was standing just here, this curtain. Here. And okay. on the right side, we've got stop <laughs> Left hand side, we have worship. I've given that equal, equal tone. Okay. But there can be a genuine lure to other things in life, can't there? That seem, or even are, more fun. They're more enjoyable, they're more sugary, they're more saccharine, they're easy to do. And there's nothing wrong with those per se, but we're getting back to our habits. What are we pursuing? What is our heart given to? If I'm given to soft play and fun, I'm going to struggle to build a church, be encouraged and encouragement. But if I'm given to the habit of meeting together, I've got more chance. I'm not putting frequency on that. I'm not putting frequency on that. There's not rules. There's just faith. Following how God leads us through his word. But we shouldn't expect to go here and to a small group or meet with people and think that was really easy and really good every time. Sometimes it's just hard work because we turn up at small groups and everyone's hard. And so you plod through, you check out everyone's doing, read a passage, discuss it, it's okay. You have a worship time, everyone remains conscious, and then that's good. <laughs> and then you go home. Now, factually, you can arrive at the conclusion going, that was a waste of time. But faith says, no, it wasn't. Faith says, when people got me together, it is good. We are encouraged. 
Now, at the same time, there are times you just not do it. You know, everyone's, you know, it's, it's a really tough week. We've all had devoted, we'll camp for a week. We're not going to meet on the Wednesday, we're just going to be fine. That's okay. I hope I'm presenting enough balance here, enough faith, not pause here. But I also want to provoke us and challenge us about what is our habit and our faith, our desire when it comes to meeting together. Let me just briefly look at some reasons why we might not be together. One was don't enjoy it, we can cover that. Secondly, we might feel like a person who we don't need to. We might articulate that, but we might actually make a decision on that basis that the problem's just like, I don't need to. Number one, it's a bit consumerist, it's all about you, it's not okay, it's not about you. Secondly, I might need some help with Who would like to be a penguin? I need, I need at least six or seven penguins to come and stand over here with me. Joshua, you might be going to make a great penguin now. Penguins come, you can walk. Penguins come, I need some penguins, penguins come. Penguins come. If you don't walk by Joshua, I'll be disappointed. That's it. <laughs> walk by penguins. Right. I don't know, I didn't do the research, I'm going to the Arctic or Antarctic, I'm going to go with Antarctic, I'm looking at Adrian, I don't know why. Antarctic, Adrian's giving me the nods, Antarctic. In Antarctic it's very cold, and penguins can get very cold. And do you know how they stay warm? Blubber. <laughs> <laughs> they huddle together. Would you like to get as close as you can? They huddle together. They hold it together to keep warm and for protection. And they take it in turns, don't they, to go on the outside to face the, the, kind of the wrath of the wind and the cold. But they gather together closely because they know it provides the protection they need to survive a very cold storm. I was at a later party with a fantastic penguin walk. I don't know how long to keep it all here, so I'm joking. Penguins, it seems to your seats. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 5 5 talks about payments. No, if you've got time, you can go there. It talks about the seriousness of being outside of the church and how we're exposed to attack. And to the winds, and to the cold, and to the storms, on our own. You see, if you say, I don't need it, you've misunderstood what life is all about. If you say, I don't need to meet again, you've misunderstood what the Christian life is all about, and how this world works, because we need that protection together. We are penguins in the Antarctic. And God is we are penguins. We are to huddle together in the name of Jesus. Penguins, huddle! What should we call this message? Katie always asked me before. With intern here at Otis, and we might not be asking now. Over last year. What is the title of your message? Penguins, huddle. The very first exclamation mark. Penguins, huddle! We have got off the mats. We need to get together in a stormy world in a new reputation. Another reason we might not be together is because we're discouraged. It's not always the case, but I've noticed the nature of discouragement. If you're living in a life where you're discouraged, 
often the countryside why don't you and you notice that have you seen that in yourself you think oh I don't have involved in church this morning I'm not going to go small I'm not, that person wants to meet up I just can't I'm just can't bother you it's interesting isn't it the point when we need the most encouragement which biblically we get we need to get that is the very point that we push ourselves away. And this is where faith needs to rise to make a different decision to what feels like the best decision. Now, there is always times to not go to somebody. There are times when you will feel discouraged and the enemy will be, enemy will be saying to you, don't go. Don't go. You're not really a pain for and we have to overcome that with faith. I'm going to make a faith step and go to the group this week. Even though I don't feel like it, yeah. at the end of it, I can go, it didn't feel like it, it was worth going. But in faith, I'm going to say it was. That God has called me to meet with the believers. And I know that will encourage me. Over time, that will help me. If my trajectory is just, if my habit is not meeting together, I will get more and more stage. If my habit is meeting together, I can expect to be encouraged. And I'm going to cling on to that in God and in faith on the basis of his word to know that to be true. Nearly there. Letters. The actual letters here, the start of it, is consider. Let us consider how we might spur one another on to love and good deeds. How we might encourage one another. This word consider, consider, means to fix our eyes and our mind on something. At the, uh, the end of the school term, Elsie got into a few weapons. She could do three. And I said to you, okay, competition over the summer. I will do ten times more key girls than you. That's the competition. Within a week, she got to 13, so already my challenge is beyond me. Within Four weeks, you've got to 20, where are we on? 23, 26? 26. 26. Okay, so I've got to do 260. She very graciously said we could do it five times a week. But I've given up. Why, why did she win? She focused her mind and her eyes on what she should be doing. I wasn't very focused on that. I was a bit blase to go with for 47 years of experience of keeping a book on my phone. I didn't consider anything. I didn't get any time. She really considered it. And there is something God wants to say to us today is this fix our eyes and our minds on encouraging one another, on spurring one another on towards love and good deeds. What could this sight feel like? What would it be like if we were all considering? How we spur to love and good things. And one way we can do that is by encouraging one another to meet together. Right, that's part of the sandwich. Notice right at the end, there's all the more as the day is approaching. Yeah, all the more as the day is approaching. This week, courtesy of uh, a friend, Elsie uh, got a drowsy featuring a lot today, aren't you? Yeah. Didn't ask you, but I hope it's okay. She got a drone, toy drone for her <laughs> She also has a remote control car. Okay. When you drive a remote control car, you need to focus a little bit, but not a lot. If you get it wrong, it's just going to run into something. 
Is this one a drone? As we discovered the first time it was used in our back garden, you really need to focus on what you're doing. That's hard. You really need to focus on what the controls are more important. Because our neighbour, six doors away, managed to find a drone in the garden. <laughs> the literally first ribbon from the same video, Jules can supply. She's made the soundtrack to it. The point is this. Actually, this is not a scandal, this is reality. I think we can use to live our Christian lives, if we can live our Christian lives, but we're in a control part of that. If we, if we let go of the control, it's fine. Nothing really is going to happen. But we're coming to a season, we're coming to a time where it's going to be more like flying a drone as the day is approaching. What does that mean? As Jesus' second coming arrives, as Revelation would say, that's tied together with increased persecution, increased difficulty to be a Christian. We're moving into a season of controlling and driving by the remote control car, but we really need to be focused on what matters. And this passage gives us a focus. These things become more important. Closeness to Jesus. Clinging on to the hope and encouraging one another meeting together. How do we apply this? Well, as Philip mentioned, we've got a new preaching series coming up. And it is an important, they're always important, this one is particularly important. It's about tying together our theological unity. I believe. It's going to be the Apostles' Creed and agreeing with his historical, historical Christianity and saying we are together with the last 2,000 years of Christianity. We are together saying I believe this. But that's not just a statement from the front, that's an opportunity to discuss and engage and be part of that. And so, particularly in the season, let me on behalf of the site team, on behalf of the elders, encourage you to get along to your small group, to find that opportunity to chat. Let me encourage you to go to Kids Life. You're going to get the same opportunity there to, to look at what's been chatted about on the Sunday. Let me encourage you to get a fuel. You're also going to get the same opportunity. I'm not giving you a rule. I'm giving you an encouragement, which I know will do you good. If, if you're coming to a small group, it is absolutely impossible for you to make it. Come have a chat to one of the sites here. We'd love to work out how we can help you. Not promising anything. We'd love to help to see what we can do. Right. Let's wrap up. Let's wrap up the messages. Let us draw you near to stop. Let's sit on the sofa with him, sharing everything. Let's hold on to that hope for unswerving, knowing it ties us down to what life is really about and what we're really done. And let us encourage one another, particularly by meeting today, and making that our habit. Let me pray, and we'll respond and worship and see what our scholars are saying. Lord, I thank you for your work, for your words. I thank you for your ancient ways and your designs, Lord. Thank you that there is a way for us to come into the most holy place. 
because of the blood of Jesus. Let us take full advantage of that and draw near to the Lord. We want to cling to the hope that is in Christ Jesus. To know our focus, our trajectory, to get an eternal perspective. And Lord, we want to increase faith for meeting to know it's part of your design, the way you made us. We're not all the same. We're going to engage with that differently. You're calling us to be a people who value meeting together and value encouraging one another. So help us do that. For those of us who feel a little bit awkward and a bit nervous about encouraging, help us get over that. Help us point to Jesus as our hope. And I pray for this Lord and you will be glorified. Our friends and family and work colleagues and neighbours will be impacted. And this surrounding area will be impacted as we begin to worship and meet in this building. We ask it all for Jesus' sake, for his glory. Amen.